0: oh my god hello everybody how you doing it is so great to have a live crowd with us here in cologne germany for gamescom 2022 i'm jeff keeley i gotta say i am so excited to be here with you we did this in 2019 live in person in germany and then the past two years we had to do it virtually from los angeles and in 2020 the first show that my team did together live was that august Gamescom, and we connected with all of you virtually, and the fact that we're back here in person, I don't want to ever take this for granted before. So uh, guys, are you ready for a fun show? Well, I gotta say, we have a lot of great stuff for you tonight, we have tons of world premieres, the entire industry has come together to showcase the future for you. We've got games like Sonic Frontiers, The Callisto Protocol, Outlast Trials, Hogwarts Legacy, Gotham Knights and a lot of surprises of things that we didn't talk about in advance so we've got some good stuff for you tonight here at Gamescom. So
1: you get nothing, you lose, good day sir!
2: Hello once again and welcome to episode 11 of PlayStation Pals, a video game podcast take two because we lost the first podcast so we're gonna talk a lot about some points here and we're gonna probably reference that we talked about it yesterday so just giving you a heads up about that but who are we i am your host nick and i'm joined by the hideo kojima to my jeff keely john john i I brought you on here because you have a special announcement
3: yeah yeah jeff thanks for having me so you know i know everybody out there is like just ready to see what my next game is ready to see you know if we're doing death stranding 2 or maybe that rumored overdose game and mm-hmm. you know I, I, brought, I, I brought something even better jeff oh, i i'm excited brand new hideo kojima podcast baby new podcast aren't you excited what <laughs> no? Yeah. No? Yeah. No, <laughs> no yeah, I'm no. not excited. Oh, man, I thought, I thought that was going to bring the house down. What the heck?
2: <laughs> this is my second time hearing about it, and I'm still not excited about it. So, <laughs> <laughs> three, three days later, still as salty as ever. <laughs> yeah, so for context, uh, Gamescom, in which John predicted Hideo Kojima would be there, and sure enough, he was, but... He was there to announce a podcast. The podcast is called Brain Structure. It's coming September 8th. And the perfect place to announce this
3: is in the middle of a gaming show, like in the last half hour, you know? Uh, yeah, I don't I, – it, it seemed borderline irresponsible to me. You know, this, this is not Randy Pitchford. This is not, you know – a uh, middle level person at a games company. This is Hideo Kojima, probably the most recognizable, respected, worshiped person in the that at least makes video games. So, to bring him out to almost seems like disrespect the audience to that level, uh it just you know, as we'll talk uh, here in a little bit about the conference as a whole. It just it seems like we're losing sight of why we're tuning into <laughs> these things and why we have these things to begin with.
2: Well, We deserved it because, you know, we disrespected the wheel, we disrespected Hideo Kojima, we didn't finish Death Stranding, so this is our comeuppance. He was going to show the new game, but then he heard about our (laughs) podcast and he was like, I'm not doing it. Not well, for, and, and, Not for and, these guys.
3: And as we joked yesterday, too, uh, I, we, we believe H- Kojima is also responsible for the uh, error that we had with our podcast yesterday. After <laughs> trashing, trashing out his podcast, he decided that my audio wasn't going to get recorded. So, um, you know, if that is the case, Mr. Kojima, please don't smite us anymore. We, we apologize. You are the greatest thing that's ever happened to the video game industry, including yes, your podcast.
2: Yep. Well, we will check out your next game. Yeah. promise. Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So normally we have the format of each of us bringing three things, but being that the big week the big thing this week was Gamescom and Opening Night Live, we're going to ditch the format entirely and we are just going to talk about Gamescom. We're going to break it up to a few sections. We're going to have our overall thoughts. We're going to have the big news from the show and then We're going to talk about some highlights of the show, a few games that we liked. Um, But, of course, we can't just do that either because Sony had to do something crazy. uh, Announced Mm -hmm. on the blog yesterday by Jim Ryan, uh, the PlayStation 5 is increasing in price. Uh, Uh. Yeah. So this is straight from Jim Ryan, straight from the PlayStation blog. He says, The global economic environment is a challenge that many of you around the world are no doubt experiencing. We are seeing high global inflation rates as well as adverse currency currency trends that are impacting consumers and creating pressure on many industries. Based on these challenging economic conditions, Sony has made the difficult decision to increase the the recommended retail price of PlayStation 5 in select markets across Europe, Middle East, Africa, Asia Pacific, Latin America, as well as Canada. There will be no price increase in the United States. Uh, John, Mm -hmm. this is pretty crazy
3: yeah yeah, this is uh unprecedented type stuff I mean with with one great exception uh, you know this stuff does not happen typically with with major pieces of hardware um, yeah. but that's not to say entirely that it wasn't Possible, you know, we just saw recently. Uh, I believe it was a month or so ago that uh, Meta, formerly Facebook, announced that they were going to raise their Oculus Quest prices uh, mm-hmm. coming up here shortly. So, you know, we we know that inflation is you know hitting everybody hard. You know, anybody who's been to the gas gas pump or going to pick up a gallon of milk, you know, you see that sticker shock with these prices or these, you know, goods that we're used to seeing at a lower price. So why would it not translate to, you know, the gaming industry as well? But, um, needless to say, you know, it's, it's not ideal. Um, But, you know, at the same time, I think that it's a necessary evil for the company. You know, obviously they have goals they need to hit. They have budgets they need to meet. So if we want to continue to see the things that we want to, um, you know, it might be a necessary evil. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's 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 nice that we don't have to deal with it here in the States, but. You know it does just kind of suck because there has been so many people that have been trying to get one (laughs) this entire time and you know right when it seems like consoles are becoming a little bit more available I was just able to actually get one for my good friend out in Colorado. you know now the prices are going up, so mm-hmm. not i not ideal, but you know we we saw Sony raise the prices of games this generation from sixty to seventy. I bet you if they could go back in time and raise it even higher, they might have to help mitigate these costs a little bit but this is just uh you know I'm not an economist, but this is kind of seems like the trajectory that every business is going in, and mm-hmm. we're just going to have to deal with it if it's a if it's a hobby you want to keep you know pursuing yeah I mean. I- I've been gaming a long
2: time, and I've never seen a console increase in price <laughs> over yeah. uh, a few years, so uh, this is wild. This is unfortunate. Um, our hobby just got more expensive for a lot of people, so that is a bummer, but uh, we'll see what happens.
3: Yeah, yeah, I mean, it is it is interesting, and I also want to note here real quick that since Sony's uh, bumped their prices, Xbox has um, made a statement. Basically, saying that they have no plans at this time to raise the price. So it seems like there will be now a little bit of a premium on the PlayStation brand. You know, I don't know if $50 or up, you know, $50 to somewhere all the way up to, I believe, 20% increase in some markets is is enough to persuade people to maybe check out the Xbox platform. Um, I don't think it is. I think that that's kind of a negligible cost if there is somewhere you want to play. but, you know, this is just one of the advantages that Microsoft has over Sony, as we've seen with, you know, the amount of money that they can throw around that, you know, that big dick swinging money. It's <laughs> Sony, Sony, Sony can't compete with it. So, you know, uh, but it'll it'll be interesting to see if it does have an effect or, you know, if we just see Sony continue to, to dominate that space.
2: Yep. Yep. And, and this is effective, except for Japan, which is September 15th. This is effective immediately. So you couldn't even go and try and run out and go get one. Uh, so... It's just it is yeah. what it is. Sorry, guys. Yep, yep. All right, moving back to that awesome GamesCon, that great show that we loved, an opening night live. Uh, this was uh, took about two hours for Jeff Keeley to show over thirty games, and John and I salt level couldn't be higher. <laughs> uh, John, what are your thoughts on this show, and if you could rate it from? one to five, one being horrible, and five mm-hmm. being the best show you ever seen,
3: uh, what would you rate it? Um, I, I would have to say it's probably going to be somewhere in between the two and the three, you know, so obviously like a two and a half is kind of mm-hmm. where I'm, my gut is telling me to land. Um, you know, I, I think we're, we're at kind of at a crossroads when it comes to conferences, and we've been going down this path for a while now, but After watching this show, I kind of started to reevaluate, you know, what it means to even have a press conference and what we should come to expect with press conferences, because it's not how it was, you know, even five, six years ago. You know, back in the day, it felt like, you know, when you had a press conference, you were bringing the goods, you were bringing something that deserved the spotlight, something that was from a recognizable team, an existing franchise or, you know, something from a developer that you know and trust that you, you know, you cannot wait to play. And obviously, the pandemic threw everything into chaos. You know, there's more development teams out there than ever before. It seems like if anybody finds success at a big company, they're going to branch off and form their own company and, and form their new IPs and things like that. But it just seems like we've gotten to the point where everything that's announced at these conferences are just not quite up to snuff. And that's not trying to say that these games are going to be bad that they're not going to, you know, find their audiences is simply i think just setting expectations as to, you know, what is a conference's goal are we just here to just give everything it's two minutes in, in the, in the sunlight and just hope that, you know, people remember that, or are we actually here to, to make a statement to show that these are the, the high points of our industry for the next year and the things that we want to pay attention to, you know, I think back on Sony's, you know, um, famous, I think it was 2016 press conference where they, you know, started with the orchestra, right? Big grand orchestra. Like, you know, they start playing the God of war music, not knowing at the time that it's got of war and you know setting immediately that excitement and then you see kratos a a widely known character throughout all of video games not just in playstation and that immediately gets you excited and then you start to actually see you know they don't just stop there they're not going to be like hey here's a new kratos he's old now kratos he's old now it's like no we're going to go into a full-fledged like nine minute straight gameplay demo that and you know that showcases what the game is and how it's new and how it's changed and why to be excited for it and then that you know that showcase went into spider-man into the you know, Um, I don't know if The Last of Us was there that year, but point being, these are big tentpole games, and you know, no disrespect to Dam Buster or Dead Island 2, that's just not a game that you end a showcase with, you know, and Mm -hmm. and so it's just it's it's disappointing. And we touched upon it when we talked about the THQ Nordic showcase uh, a couple weeks back that. You know there's it's gotten so diluted and um you know I just miss the days where when we knew we were tuning into these things we were going to leave them you know just chomping at the bit for some of these experiences we've seen and um as we'll kind of later you know it wasn't even like there was only a couple we I I don't know if any of these games needed to be in a conference but you know that's just (laughs) my opinion
2: yeah i'm with you this was a disappointment it was a show of games that we had already seen or games that are like b tier there was nothing there was no shocking announcements there's no draw dropping trailer for some game it was just all the tried and true games that we've seen and then the games that we've seen from new studios and new titles they're just not impressive they were either shown too early showed a CG trailer, or showed a mm. few seconds of gameplay that mm, didn't look that great. So I'm with you. I would give this show a two out of five. I am on John's side going forward <laughs> with all these press conferences. Uh, they have to impress me. My expectations are at a very low point, unless it's the big three. If it's a Microsoft, Sony, or Nintendo like big event, not a state of play, or not a smaller event, uh, I'll be there and I'll be excited, but... Man, these shows are just there's too many, and you know I. It's only a couple of months since quote unquote E3, and mm-hmm. then it's stuck in the middle of a bunch of other shows between that THQ Nordic Digital Showcase and Ubisoft Forward. You know, where probably a lot of games are just being spread too thin, and the exclusives that Keeley's getting are, are just not great. It was right. it was a very lackluster show and. Yeah, I was, I came away disappointed about the whole thing. Not to say that there wasn't stuff, interesting things there, but they were just not on the level of what we are used to seeing in these shows because when, when someone had a show, it meant something. Now it seems you're just having a show because it's Gamescom and we have to have a show and Keely right. has to have another one of his, his events. So um, I don't know. It, it, yeah, man. Like, like
3: I said, it just seems like seems like it's a crossroad where you know it's just what what do you want to get out of a conference? And unfortunately, I, I think the the marketers and the you know PR people are winning winning that that argument in the boardrooms right now. You know, they're kind of just pushing the idea that any exposure is good exposure and you know if we can get on a platform on a stage with you know Jeff Keeley actually talking about our game that's what we want to do and I would honestly argue and I would I, I would honestly argue that a lot of these games if you just saw a random blog post or like a, a little gameplay snippet from YouTube or you know if you're watching these style shows you're obviously into the gaming industry so you're probably subscribed to some reddit subreddits or you know going to IGN and Kotaku on the regular you know I think a lot of these games would have much more impact if they showed a gameplay trailer closer to the release date, you know, where you actually can start to get excited rather than see this CG trailer for, you know, let's use Dune Awakening as an example, right? You know, for, for this Dune game that is might not come out for a couple of years, and then when it finally does, it's not going to look anything like the trailer that we saw, and mm-hmm. it's just going to, you know, kind of be forgotten about. So, um, you know, it, it kind of speaks... Seems a little bit like the the people making these decisions don't have a great finger on the, the pulse of the industry, but maybe they you know maybe they do too. I'm not here to say you know I, I'm a hardcore gamer, but I know I'm not the majority of people. Most people just want Call of Duty, you know, the sports games, maybe a couple other things. So you know they're not going to be you know upset by any of this. But it's just I I, I would I I just lament the good old E3 days where you look, you know, I'm I'm sure you had the same feelings I did, Nick. Like, back in the day, like, two weeks leading up to E3, you were just ready to fucking go. You didn't know what you are going to see. You know, there might have been mm-hmm. a couple of rumblings here or there, but you knew that you were going to get at least probably five, six, seven, eight surprises. Um, and now we're just getting the Callisto Protocol for the third time. We're getting Hogwarts Legacy for the third time. We're getting Gotham Knights for the third time. And mm-hmm. and, and a bunch of stuff that we don't know of. So, you know, yeah. that's yeah. what it is.
2: Yeah, it's very disappointing and Hopefully one of these shows we got two more come in here as we talked about Ubisoft Ford and the Marvel and Disney showcase. Hopefully those will uh, impress us. But again, my expectations are low. They probably won't. So
3: Well, yeah, and, and we're probably just gonna see things we know about. You know, obviously we're gonna see Skull and Bones, obviously we're gonna see Avatar, obviously we're gonna see probably, you know, maybe the Division Heartland or X Defiant or or then, you know, we obviously know there's gonna be Assassin's Creed game, but just yeah, it's uh Come, come, save us, Sony! You know, I'm just, I'm just crossing my fingers <laughs> and my toes to have that rumored PlayStation event next month because I think that would be one that we would get some. You know, we obviously don't know what Housemark, Blue Point, uh, Gorilla is working on next, things like that. So there's lots of room for for big, big things that mech- actually make us excited for the future.
2: Yeah, that's kind of the silver lining is here is where are all the games and they're at Sony's show. Mm-hmm. Fingers <laughs> that's crossed. <the> <laughs> yep. <Yeah. laughs> Uh, So moving on, there was some big news to come out of the show, and there was a big, big Sony item. Uh, John, do you want to tell us about it?
3: Yeah, so we actually finally, finally in the PlayStation ecosystem got a Sony licensed Pro Controller. Uh, they titled it the DualSense Edge, uh, and they kind of outlined a lot of the things that this uh, this uh, device is going to come with. So from uh, Hideaki Nishino from the PlayStation blog, uh, Senior Vice President of the Platform Experience, just want to go over some of the um, you know features of this uh, new controller. So obviously, like any Pro controller out there, the, the reason for these devices is to customize and fine-tune the your play experience to exactly the way you want to. So uh, they, it's going to have ultra-customizable controls. Uh, you can make the DualSense Edge wireless controller uniquely yours by remapping or deactivating specific button inputs and fine-tuning your aim by adjusting stick sensitivity and dead zones, uh, which is the distance your analog stick moves before it's recognized in a game. Uh, in addition, each trigger is adjustable with options to tailor travel distance and dead zones to your preference. So, you know, to kind of put that in late terms right if you play a first person shooter and you want the triggers to travel less so that you can you know have a little bit quicker fire you can do that Um, if you want more sensitivity in the sticks you can do that and then the controller is also going to allow you to save uh, up to three different um, uh, profiles I guess with the controller so you can easily switch back and forth you know if you have a shooting profile or a platforming profile whatever you whatever it is you want to do with that Um, There is an on-controller user interface. Uh, It has a dedicated FN button, uh, which allows you to easily adjust your setup while staying focused on the in-game action, Uh, quickly swap between your preset control profiles, adjust game volume and chat balance, and access the controller profiles settings menu to set up and test new control iterations while in-game. And actually we got a little bit of clarity on this. Today where sony put on a, a little bit more info on the machine, but it looks like right underneath the joysticks uh, There's a little it almost looks like a tab uh, But that looks to be the f the fn button So I, I don't know if you just kind of flick down on that and it's gonna bring up a, a menu on your on your console I'm sure we'll see exactly what that looks like going forward But they obviously added that there to just make it a little bit easier to uh, play around with Um And then additionally, you know, obviously things that you would expect, replaceable stick modules. So, you know, if you like a taller stick, a shorter stick, you know, it's going to let you do that. Um, Obviously, everything that you would come to expect with the DualSense, all the haptics, the triggers and things like that. Uh, But then it also comes with a USB-C braided cable as well as a um, carrying case, which will charge the controller as well, which, you know, if you're familiar with the Xbox Elite controller, which is obviously the comparison here. all the same kind of stuff. You know, we don't have a price yet on it. We don't have a release date on it. Um, but you know, it is definitely exciting. I know there's a lot of people out there that. Um, if there's, you know, kind of have the opinion that if there's anything that Sony has kind of lagged behind historically with Microsoft, it's their controller game. Um, you know, they they Microsoft allows a greater uh, flexibility with customization, and they've had the Elite controller for a while now, which people really, really like. So it's nice to see Sony kind of go into that space, um, and I'm hoping that with this pro controller, being that it will be a much greater level of investment that they pull out some bells and whistles like you know the ability to, to colorize it the way you want to the ability to maybe put some initials on the controller or the case itself things like that um, but uh nick what's this thing gonna cost man what do you think <laughs>
2: uh i think we said that in yesterday uh that the elite is what 179
3: Yep, yeah, it's like one eighty and when it's brand new. So yep.
2: I, I would think it'd be comparable to that, maybe two hundred bucks, because the yep. you know the dual sense is a more there's a lot more involved with the dual sense. So it might be a little more expensive, but yeah, that's probably it. I don't know if I will buy in at any of those prices. That's a lot for a controller. Um, mm-hmm. Honestly, I wish I knew somebody. Hopefully, we can convince someone we know to buy it because I would love to get my hands on it first before I spent two hundred dollars on a controller. Uh, yeah. But this, but this is very cool. As you, as you said, uh, you know, so succinctly earlier is like, this is what Microsoft has been doing. The Elite controller and the Design Lab are two things I wish Sony was doing, and it's nice that we're at least getting the Elite controller equivalent with the DualSense Edge. So. This yep. was very cool, kind of an out of nowhere announcement, and just right in the middle of that show. Uh, this is cool. I can't wait for more details at that Sony showcase that's coming up.
3: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> it probably will be there, man. I mean, yeah, they, you know, they, they need some sort of hardware thing because they got the PSVR two floating around now. So you know, they need to get the the people's hands on this stuff sooner rather than later. Um, but I, I agree with the price point. I mean, the DualSense itself is about is ten dollars more than an Xbox controller, so it may would make sense that the Elite's probably ten twenty a little bit more than the the, mm. the Xbox One. I don't I don't think they would go up to two forty nine, which seems to be everybody else's, you know, the the other price that's kind of being considered here. So, <laughs> um, I don't think they'd go that high because that's what like the Scuf brand ones are, which you know are third party and are are, are from what I've heard, nice controllers, but nobody wants to spend that that kind of cheddar on on a controller. But yeah.
2: Half the console price on a controller. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So, but yeah, it's good stuff, man. Yep. Very cool. Uh, And the other big announcement, as we mentioned earlier, kind of the big game that, and I'll put big game in quotes, that the show ended on, you know, the, the, the showstopper as they thought it was, is Dead Island 2 is back. Uh, this game was initially announced at Sony's E3 press conference all the way back in 2014 that is a long time ago Uh, since then it has been with three different developers Uh, it was with Jaeger initially then went to Sumo Digital and now it is with Damn Buster Studios who as John mentioned (laughs) yesterday they did Homefront so um, the game <laughs> didn't look bad. I will hand it to them. They kind of started with a CG trailer, and I was getting a little angry because when your game's in development for eight years and you're gonna bring a CG CG trailer, like that's that's not great. But uh, they did follow it up with a gameplay trailer, and the game it it looks it doesn't look bad. No, but uh, given um, the development hell it's been through, and then uh, the the reviews of the first game and then the studio working on it now, uh, I would wait for reviews on this one.
3: Yeah, yeah, I think that that's definitely the safe thing to do. you know I know you you mentioned they made Homefront: The Revolution Nick do you want to share with the audience do you remember the open critic score that that game received <laughs> and also just this is the only game to Dan Busters um you know credit this is the only thing that they've ever done in the past so the only thing we can compare against uh you want to do you remember what the what that that fine fine score was I
2: remember I guess in the 50s and was it lower than that?
3: Yep. It's a 48. <laughs> yeah. You know, so like, you know, if you kind of pay attention to these the industry and review scores, it's like usually an eight means it's, it's very, very good. Seven is like, okay, there's redeeming things about it, um, you know, but there's some flaws. Six is kind of like, you know, if this is up your alley, maybe get it. Then once you get into fives, it's like, this is kind of a broken mess and fours <laughs> are not very common. So I'm not saying that, you know, this team can't learn, but, It's very rare that a development team will completely change, you know, their to put it frankly how good they are as a development team that quickly you know it usually takes a little bit longer for people to find their legs and you know and and on a project especially if it's something that's went through the hands of two other developers you know Mm -hmm. who knows what what ideas they're going to carry through the game you know if if Jaeger had ideas for things and some things came through and some things didn't is it actually going to feel like a cohesive game or is it going to feel like kind of a piecemeal um but, you know, I, 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 I'm happy it exists, you know, it, it is kind of, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a notable game in the video game industry for that exact reason that it was kind of announced and then just fell away, you know, much like Duke Nukem Forever or, um, you know, The Last Guardian, you know, these games that that kingdom hearts three final fantasy 15 you know these games that have that 10 year development cycle it's always nice to see something come of it and so people didn't waste their time entirely but i have a feeling this game's going to feel pretty dated you know it's probably going to feel mm. kind of probably like the saints row game now where it's there's cool things about it it's going to look good it's probably gonna be fun to kill zombies but the game you know the uh, game direction the way that missions are probably structured things like that it's probably gonna feel, feel pretty old and with a with a franchise like Dying Light out there that you know I think people generally enjoy a little bit more, being that it's the same thing just with some parkour and the parkour is pretty damn fun. Sky, I think it's just going to have one of those situations where it's, I'm I'm going to want to just be playing. If I do play it, I'm just going to want to play Dying Light instead, and yeah, you know, is what it is.
2: Yep, and then yeah, I to end the game or end the show on this game. Uh, yeah, it's just. Again as we mentioned earlier it's it's this is not a showstopper game it's it's cool that it came back from the dead like a literal zombie uh, <laughs> but uh <laughs> yeah as we mentioned wafer reviews and yeah there is a comparable franchise out there if you want to get your zombie fix on just go play Dying Light 2 that came out earlier this year so Right. Um yeah I guess we'll see Dying Light 2 didn't review very well so maybe this game can fill in that holes and do things that that game isn't doing but from the trailer from what we've seen um i think as they said it has six playable characters so maybe that'll be the difference is like there'll be different classes to play as mm-hmm. so that will make it a little different but yeah i please wait for reviews on this one yep yep yeah all right all right and there was one other big announcement. John, I know you're very excited about this one. <laughs> John, what, was, what was the other big announcement of the show?
3: Yeah, so everybody's favorite, uh, you know, the the re- reason for the revival of video game movies, right? You know, he's he kind of shepherded, he's shepherding that forward here. Is our good blue blur friend Sonic? Uh, so Sonic Frontier's got a release date, um, which is also now known as Suicide Day, uh, November eighth, <laughs> um, which is where Skull and Bones is going to be released, as well as this game. You know, not only is it, uh, you know, releasing the day before God of War. Um, <laughs> you know it's just it's it doesn't seem like they have a lot of faith in this game but you know they showed a new trailer for the game they introduced a little bit of the story and showed off some different zones and i, I you know it was a objectively a much, much, much better trailer than the first showing of the game. You know, the, the uh, kind of, they kind of showed Sonic zooming through a cityscape with, you know, freeways and bustling traffic and things like that all around him that looked a lot better, a um, lot more, you know, filled environment than what we saw on the last trailer, as well as him kind of going through a Green Hill zone. But it still does have the thing where anytime he goes back into this, you know, I guess it's one of those open zones that they talked about. Um, <laughs> you know, it still has the, the weird flow floating rails just in the middle of the sky and the, you know, feeling like it's just this unfinished buggy tech demo that, you know, you can't help but feel because of the way it looks. And I just don't know how the development team didn't find out to figure a way or, you know, um, work in a reason to like, you know, have Sonic just interact with the environment as opposed to this, you know, floating rail. It's there's, there's mountains all around him, you know, just put a yellow thing on a mountain. Like, honestly, like you could do so many <laughs> different things with it, but but it does, you know, I think this game does have uh, a shot now. You know, a week ago I would have said that this game didn't have a hope and a prayer. Um, but if they, are, if they do get creative with some of the mechanics... You know, the thing that still stands out to me is this idea that Sonic can, like, kind of trace himself on the ground and form, like, a circle around enemies, which doesn't attack very much, uh, like Okami, if you ever played Okami. Um, and if they're able to kind of make that unique and fun and, and do more with it than just, like, trace a circle around, like, if there's different ways to make different attacks with that, I think that could be kind of fun, um, and like the the villain itself seemed, you know, it's not Doctor Robotnik, which is kind of cool. But I did get the sense that this is one of those villains that you know starts off as the bad guy, but you know you later find out they're help actually helping you. And Doctor Robotnik is the enemy all along. But <laughs> yeah, uh, that's you know, exactly that's kinda, what it is. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of that's kind of how I feel. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, and just some of the the YouTube comments I saw, and people seem to be pretty high on it. And and uh, it'd be cool if it's good, but. Um, you know, it does look like old 3D Sonic games, too, which never have been received well. So I, I don't know how this is going to separate itself besides just the open zone formula thing. Um, but... You know it's uh it's not necessarily a game that's going after the hearts of 30 year olds you know this is going after the the, the kid the kids huh? that are into the <laughs> well i guess it kind of is honestly in the way being that we grew up with it but you know the, the kids the kids that are into the sonic movies you know i think this is really who they're going for the kids who you know fell in love with video games with breath of the wild going for that crowd and then if there is any 30 year old people that just you know absolutely love 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 sonic you know maybe them too but i don't know if this would be one i'm gonna check out, but, you know, did it move the needle at all for you, Nick? Like, you know, in terms of making a little more excited, or still just kind of meh?
2: <laughs> Sonic is for all ages, John. He, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> he's a cultural icon. He's for all, and he's as for you all mentioned, furries, maybe. <laughs> and as you mentioned, he is revitalizing the video game uh, movie industry with uh, how successful he's been there. I mean, he got yep. Jim Carrey to star in his movie, so yeah, I, not not a lot of people can say that. You know, a lot a lot of it's video game characters.
3: <laughs> Insanity, man! If you if you told me five years ago that like Sonic would be the franchise that like you know finally breaks through and, and makes people care, uh, I would not have believed you. When we've had things <laughs> like Resident Evil and Silent Hill, and you know these these franchises that have you know beloved games, but not that Sonic doesn't, but it's, you know, it's, it's fucking Sonic, man. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> but, uh, no, John, I am not
2: excited for this. Uh, as I heard on the very first episode of this really good podcast called PlayStation mm-hmm. Pals, uh, this guy on the show, John, he rattled off all the review scores for all the 3D Sonics and, uh, they don't review very well. So to think that anything's changed that, 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 this is going to do anything different i don't think so because especially with the the new concept the open zone gameplay being the the feature and then seeing it and in that trailer being the worst parts of the trailer it's just this yeah. open bland tech demo tech demo you know unreal engine looking area with just rails and ramps everywhere like like someone made it in like minecraft or halo forge or something All right uh, you're i just i don't think so it's you know and i don't know what is with this release date why i know everyone tries to get ahead of um you know black friday and the christmas shopping but uh, kratos is here like get away from him <laughs> stay away he just he destroys everybody
3: yeah then, i mean i guess they're probably just on the assumption like okay you know there's not it's not going to be a big cross-section cross of people who are going to get each of those games day one. So, you know, maybe they feel like they don't have much to lose from going there. But if I were, you know, if I were a marketing team, you know, now that we know God of War... It's one thing if they announce the date and then God of War is like, ha-ha, we're the day after. And you're like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> but it's a, it's another thing to kind of know that these dates are there and to, to pick that where, you know... October. It's a it's an unusually slow fall this year, with the exception of God of War, and then you know Callisto Protocol coming in December, and um, of course Call of Duty, but that's there every year. There's really not a lot, you know. So mm-hmm. I I would have probably picked a different day, but you know maybe they just kind of expect that this is a title that will have some legs due to the fact that. It is an ongoing movie franchise. They've already confirmed a Sonic 3, so, you know, as kids find the movies, they're going to want the games. As they find the games, they're going to go to the movies, and it kind of bounces back and forth, so it's possible that they just, you know, have done some analytics and found that it won't really affect it, but uh, as I said, Suicide Day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, all the all the
2: coverage is going to be on God of War. All the traffic right. will be about God of point. War. Uh, which maybe if your franchise reviews bad, normally, and this game is also going to review bad, maybe you don't want it to be the headline of the IGNs and the Kotakus of the world Mm -hmm. because they're too busy talking about the big PlayStation exclusive. Maybe that's what Skull and Bones and (laughs) Sonic Frontiers are trying to do. But Yeah, yeah, I mean, to have a whole platform just going to be ignoring your game, you know, anyone with a PlayStation is getting God of War, unless you're crazy out there, and if you're listening to this show and you have not played God of War 2018. Stop the show, boot up God of War yeah. 2018. You'll be so grateful that you did. It is you know one of the, the the best games on PlayStation 4, and this will probably be an amazing game on PlayStation 5 and 4. So I don't know. I this is really weird to me, but I yeah I don't know.
3: Well, you know, it's uh, it's, a, it's it's one of those games that's going to be for the people who want it and the people who don't, they're going to ignore it and everybody can hopefully, you know, be happy. I uh, know I'll be happy, you know, killing, killing. what are they, Draugers with Kratos and, and Atreus and, you know, people can kill uh, whatever it is you kill in Sonic. I don't even know.
2: Robots, John. Man. He always kills robots. It's always robots. Eh,
3: okay, always <laughs> robots. Now we have like space age futuristic robots, so... You know, we'll see. Dr. Robotnik invented a time machine. Who knows?
2: John, open critic score prediction for Sonic Frontiers. What do you got?
3: Oh, 76. 76. Yep.
2: That's, uh, I was going to go like 72. I was going to be low. It's going to review low. Um, Do you want
3: to, should we, uh, do you want to pop at that one? Closest, closest (laughs) person, closest person gets a pop? Sure. Sure. Yeah. All right. Okay. You heard it, folks. Pop it.
2: (laughs) Alright. So moving on to our next topic. As as we mentioned, Gamescon showed over 30 games. So I thought we would take some time to talk about a few notable ones. Alright, that's I, all we have, folks. So we'll see you later. <laughs> it wasn't that <laughs> no, egregious, it wasn't. but uh I did want to point out a few and I will kick things off with this game called Phantom Hellcat. This is a new studio and a new game from Ironbird Creations. And John, all the articles say it looks like Nier. <laughs> Nier Automata, to be exact. So if you watch the trailer for this game, it really does look like Nier Automata. It has 2D platforming sections and then 3D uh, third person action fighting. Uh, it looks like masks play some kind of role in it. Your character is wearing a mask and they are they have several masks on their uh attire so they might change up combat styles or abilities but uh no, that was not shown in here. There was just um, some sword fighting with some two d platforming It looked good it was and it was very the art style was great it was very colorful and mm. i uh, check out the trailer. It looks good. What did you think <laughs> about Yeah. That?
3: It was, well first off it was nice to see some actual gameplay you know I think that that would have if if that team put out a CG trailer it would just been a fart in the wind man you wouldn't have wouldn't have gotten any notoriety but the fact that they showed you know kind of uh, how quick it is, you know. Very platinum games feeling. Um, yeah, I, I think it looks like a lot of fun. Um, obviously, my affinity towards Nier Automata, you know, it's going to be something I'll have my eye on. Um, only thing you know, I would maybe have some caution with is, you know, the the thing that sets Nier apart from you know just being a really good game into one of my favorite games of all time is the story and just how how it handles that. So I'm hoping that this has at least you know a serviceable story. I I don't expect it to, you know, blow my socks off like like near did, but um, if it's just, you know, about getting new powers, killing some crazy things in fast, cool ways, you know, I, I'm always down for a game like that. I love Devil May Cry, I love, love Bayonetta, that kind of stuff. So this seems to be one of those kind of games.
2: Yeah, looks good. And then the only other game out, because there was not much here that I wanted to highlight, <laughs> was another new game. It's called Friends vs. Friends. This comes from Brainwash Gang. This looks like a cell shaded first-person multiplayer shooter, but while the gun is in your right hand, in your left hand is a bunch of cards, and it looks like those cards can affect other players. Uh, they had a great trailer. It was an animated trailer. You play as, like, cute little animals, and they're blowing their body parts off, but it was all very cute. It had a very cute theme <laughs> song, and... Um, as John mentioned last week, he was excited for Neon White. This looks a lot like Neon White, but with multiplayer, because Neon White also uses a card system. So this just looked different, you know, in a show where very disappointing all around and not a lot to see. This at least stood out from a, you know, a presentation-wise and from a gameplay standpoint, the little that we saw that uh, could be interesting. I'm not usually a multiplayer game, multiplayer game guy, but uh, this looks good. I don't know. Yeah. It looked interesting.
3: I mean, yeah, you know, this day and age, it's – it's if you can catch somebody's eye and, and do something different, you know, it's, it's a good thing. And the art style here is obviously the star of the show. Um, very, very unique. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if if they can, you know, have a, a fun way to use that card system into the game, then sure, it, it – you know it'll be fun but like like you nick i'm not really big into multiplayer games so uh it'll have to be something truly special to to break that mold but you know if it's a game that eventually you know we live in the age of subscriptions now it's nothing's truly off the table until you you know figure out if you actually have to buy it or not so you know if it's a game that comes to extra one day i'm definitely going to check it out it's it's worth that at least Ooh, yeah
2: that's a good idea that's what they yeah. should do
3: <laughs> I, I mean that uh, I actually Hold on I just want to break, break in here I was actually Talking to my Friend yesterday About you know Who just got a PS5 and he He skipped the Entire generation So I, I was very Forceful for him To get extra Because it's just So much for him To, to get but oh, do you have Nick have you been able to make up your mind yet whether you like or dislike this new direction with subscriptions like like now that we've had extra for a couple weeks do you, I'm just curious what is your what is your initial takeaways with with this new subscription world we live in
2: it's probably too early to tell, but I kind of like it because it makes me play games I don't normally play. So yeah. games like Stray and The Artful Escape, I would not spend money on those games. Definitely not the thirty dollars that Stray is. Uh, but as part of this extra subscription, and just as kind of a cool thing to get excited for, you know, we're not far from talking about what the October games are going to be. So right. just on, just like the PlayStation Essential tier. You know, it's kind of cool that we get a lot of games to play for free, and this is kind of a, you know, people always complain about how expensive gaming is, but not right now, not right no. now at all. Uh, if you didn't want, if you just paid for this um, hundred dollars a month a year, I mean, the dollar amount of games you get to play that it's insane. The, the the value is insane. So, um, too early to tell if it's been worth it, but so far just with stray alone i i'm glad that i got it so uh what are are your thoughts so far
3: yeah yeah sorry sorry to to barge in here with this this new topic but yeah i just (laughs) it's uh i'm i'm shocked at how much i am enjoying it and i'm not i'm not haven't made up my mind on it yet um because i was kind of resistant to the idea of this you know i even game pass i feel like it's maybe not the best thing for the industry as a whole you know we don't quite know what the ramifications of these are going to be down the road um but yeah, it's 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 kind of cool to go through these conferences. Or you know see some smaller games and you know now there's almost like a new tier list of games for me personally where it's like okay you're not in the buy category but you're in the I'm gonna watch and see if you make it to extra thing where yeah it just it just kind of brings these games up about in a different light but we we can save further conversation for for a different podcast but it just popped in my head so because yeah. uh, a lot of the games that I'm about to talk about you know do kind of fall in this you know hope it comes to extra type thing so um, to kind of you know piggyback here on what Nick was you know pointing out with his games, uh, just a couple for me that really stood out. Um, Dune Awakening is something that I think you know people would want to just just check out if you're into survival MMOs. Um, you know, have some caution because, again, they showed off this beautiful CG trailer with, you know, grandiose, you know, the sandworm devouring a big machine and, you know, the main character looked like it was, you know, Unreal 5 graphics pulling out these crazy hooks and then jumping onto a sandworm and it's not going to look like that, folks, but, you know, if you are if you are into MMOs and, you know, being that I think this one will be survival focused, you know, mitig- managing your water and, and resources and things Ugh. like that, it, yeah, not for me either, man, but, you know, it, it, it could be for those kind of people, um, but it's made by Funcom Fun Games, which uh, they're making that new Metal Singer game, which I think people are pretty high on, so, you know, they're at least a, a pretty competent developer out there, so uh, that one is Dune Awakening. Uh, and then they announced a new Tales from the Borderlands games titled New Tales from the Borderlands uh, and that comes from Gearbox so not from Telltale Games you know they did the the first one which uh, honestly was my favorite Telltale game that I had played and I haven't played a ton of them I did that one, Wolf Among Us a little bit of Walking Dead Season 1 um, you know and I've played the Life is Strange games which I know aren't Telltale but you know the same style and uh, you know I really really enjoyed that one so you know if they can keep the same Level of writing, you know, humor uh, that that one was able to do and not go more towards the Borderlands 3 style, you know, <laughs> streaming influencer bullshit that they went with. Um, you know, it could be fun. Could be something to at least check out. Uh, and then let's see. Moonbreaker. So for me, This game might have been the game of the show. Moonbreaker is a new IP from Unknown Worlds, which uh, they did Subnautica and Subnautica Below Zero, two very, very well-regarded games within their genre. Um, And this looks to be kind of another niche-type product, but you know doing it the right way it's it's really a riff on tabletop gaming and you know from everything down to the the pawn movements across the board and like you know positioning your your uh characters to where you want them to be using different classes and things to attack enemies but you know it seems like they're going all in with that tabletop aspect you know they they really really focused on this painting mechanic that they're introducing into the game where you can, you can take these figures, these miniature figures, and really, really go into some granular detail, you know, airbrushing them, using different types of paint, different types of brushes to make the characters look the way you want. And while that's not for me, I think that will be a big draw for those people who like those kind of games. Um, and it's being written, uh, at least the lore, uh, by Brandon Sanderson, which... Um, you know anybody who is familiar with him you know the few people that i know who are into him fucking love this guy you know he's he's a high fantasy writer um you know think kind of george r r martin level uh type of world building and things like that so you know it could be it could be uh, have a cool story attached to it too which um from everything i've heard about somnautica had a great story so you know it's something to to keep an keep an eye on at least you know this looked really polished and and and, you know, uh, going to, I think, hit hit pretty hard for the people who are into those kind of games. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, Did you have any, any thoughts on that one, Nick?
2: Uh, I just wanted to note that it is not announced for consoles yet. It's just a PC-only game at this point, Windows and Mac OS. Because uh, I, I was curious as how the painting of the miniatures might work on a controller. So I, yeah. I wanted to see if it's actually coming to console. And it's not currently uh, but similar to Subnautica, which launched on PC first, this will probably eventually come to consoles. Uh, but yeah. no, it looked good, it looked very polished. It it was one of those trailers that should be in a show, and it was an announcement mm-hmm. that should be in a show, and given it's a new IP, and you know Subnautica is not a triple-A development uh, game series, and their team is not triple-A's, they're indie for sure. Uh, so it's not going to be a showender but this this was one of the cool announcements of the show. It, at least it made you interested in it and uh, that it, mm-hmm. just painting the miniatures alone is a, a really great touch on this and is going to pro- I this game's going to be very popular. I you can tell just already, you know, from that yeah. one trailer. So No, it was very cool. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm sure though with at least PlayStation they'll probably use the touchpad on the DualSense to paint, but yeah, I wonder if it, if it came to Xbox what you could possibly even do. So yeah, we'll we'll see. I'm sure they'll figure something out. But sure. Um, and then just two real quick ones here. Uh, Scars Above looks like a new uh, Monster Hunter style uh, kind of open-world exploration game. Really, really pretty graphics. I really dug the art style, it's kind of muted colors and things like that. So, you know, if you're into Monster Hunter World, uh, that game is called Scars Above. And actually, let me look at a, do some real-time research here. Uh, that is going to be made by Madhead Games, which um, doesn't <laughs> look like they're... Really, you know, they haven't put out anything of consequence. They have, it looks like everything is either a phone game um, or some, you know, generic, goofy-looking PC game, so...
2: It was you the know, theme of the show. You know, yeah, unknown developer, unknown game.
3: <laughs> yeah, and like honestly I'm looking at this guy this team's website right now. So, hold on, let me see. 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10 11 12 13 14 15 16 17 counting? 18 19 20 21 <laughs> They have sixty six games to their name, Nick, and I have never heard of a damn one of them. A damn never tales Creator Spark Moon Souls, Echoes of the Past. So, nah, you, sure, mean, you sure about your excitement for this game now? Yeah, yeah. I'm um, uh, I'm I'm gonna maybe limit my excitement on that one, but yeah, that's kind of what we're dealing with here, and we're trying to find the you know the the silver linings with all this stuff. But you know, not gonna pass judgment on it yet. Um, and then we had the weird song. Which you know, this does unfortunately fall under the um, "don't know, damn fucking dick" all about this game. You know, we just got a we just got a very you know short CG trailer that kind of highlighted a character that. Reminded me like of Pan's Labyrinth right Fantasy looking big horns Kind of creepy But this is being made by a team who Did at least have a hand in uh, All the major Bethesda titles Fallout 3, Fallout New Vegas Well, Fallout New Vegas was Obsidian but uh, Fallout 3, Skyrim, you know these big Tentpole RPGs so You know if it is if I don't know, you know, if these people were lead developers on those games, or if you know they were just the guys who designed the garbage cans or you know the foliage or something. So, <laughs> it, you know, it could take that with a grain of salt, but it's at least something I want to keep my eye on because I think the aesthetic look cool. If if that is true, when we get the final product of the game, um,
2: yeah. it, it ringed of a Microsoft announcement. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <that's>, yeah <laughs> hey, that's a good point. CG trailer, nothing, the show. Uh, some fancy words there's- and a fancy trailer, but uh, who knows what this we assume this is going to be a first person RPG, but other than that, there's not a lot to say, but I guess a game yeah. to keep an eye out since uh, Microsoft has also stealing all the first person RPGs, they're buying yep. all the studios that made them, so uh, at least this will be one that if, if good, will be on PlayStation, so that, I guess that is the, again, the silver lining here
3: yeah. Yeah, it did it did have a very like avowed feel where it's like, "Hey, this is this game. 3 seconds of something and then go away." It's like, "Uh, okay. I guess I'll be excited cuz obviously Obsidian's a good team and, you know, this this hopefully is a good team, but weird announcement nonetheless." And then mm-hmm. uh two other games I wanted to highlight, one in a positive light, one in kind of a negative light unfortunately. And at least for the negative light we don't have to worry about this yet because it is as of this time an xbox exclusive but i did want to at least talk about it being that it's gotten a little bit of buzz and that that's high on life uh this is that game that zany looking shooter by justin roiland who did rick and morty uh where the guns are able to talk and they say you know crazy crazy things in very rick and morty fashion um but they showed a they showed a boss fight in this game you know they they kind of put a they one of the few games that showed an extended gameplay session and it you know speaking of games that feel old and kind of have mechanics that are in the past, this boss fight just felt very, very uninspired man and like you know you're in this generic circular arena with this generic Boss that can kind of fly and surrounded by ooze or acid or something, and that boss will zip around to the edge and dive into the acid. And then they're gonna pop their pop up, and you go pew 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 pew, shoot them, and they pop back down and they <laughs> pop back up. You go pew pew pew, and just and just you know watch the watch the health giant health bar just slowly go away with you know not any phase differentiating things, no new mechanics. I mean you're you're you can kind of like swing around with a grappling hook, but it's just not really the level that I think a lot of people were looking for when this game was initially announced I saw a lot of like Doom comparisons and I definitely don't didn't get that with this trailer but the main draw of this game anyway is going to be the writing and the the level of humor uh, you know throughout which is what Justin Roiland does so I I don't doubt that I won't I'm not going to laugh playing this game I'm sure there's many many funny things Um, but I don't think the gameplay is quite there for this team yet Um, and kind of a bit of a letdown but you know still something to at least at least look at. Um, and then the last one, uh, Lies of P. Um, so this is a game that is wearing Bloodborne on its sleeve. This is the most one of it's one of those games. You know, every once in a while you see a game that's like, oh, you're not even wearing your, you're not even like showing your inspiration. You are just copying exactly what your inspiration is like i went to an article yesterday that says liza p can't fool us it's literally bloodborne right and <laughs> and, and that that's a great comparison to make uh but like with any souls born game uh any you know team that's not from software that that attempts these style games is they typically are good but never great you know it's whether it's the 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 weightiness of the combat isn 't quite right, or you know it 's too fast or too slow you know F- from software fans are some of the most loyal fans out there, and they really, really, really like those games, but they 're also very picky when it comes to that kind of stuff so um, I hope all that stuff lands, but at least aesthetically and um, you know like the way that the world looks, it looks really cool um. You know, it, it's kind of got that Victorian Bloodborne aesthetic again, uh, but I think this is a game based around the Pinocchio lore, um, you know, li- lies of P, right? And in P, Pinocchio lies, he's a liar, but interesting, interesting IP to frame this all around, but... You know, there's a lot of Pinocchio stuff coming out. I think there's something with the license out there that is causing all these these teams to, you know, pursue this IP. There's like two Pinocchio movies, I think, coming out in the next year, which is just insane for 2022. But um, but it does look cool. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's uh, something to keep an eye on again. But, you know, yeah, that's the level of announcements we're kind of looking at for this whole conference.
2: <laughs> yeah, at least this one had like a long gameplay demo. So you can see like the UI, the fighting of the enemies and you know, at least it, it came there and it had a lot to show. So, you know, you can if you're this sounds interesting to you. At least you can see it and see what the game's gonna play like. And yeah, it was it's definitely a highlight of the show. It looked it looked very good for where it's at. Uh, yep, right now. So.
3: Yeah, and that and that one's done by Neo Whiz Games, which uh, again I <laughs> I don't know. Uh, they have Bless Unleashed on PC and Brave Nine and Dandy Ace. So uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe the, this is their breakout. I, I, we're hoping for a lot of breakouts with a lot of teams. I guess is kind of where we're at.
2: Yeah. Again, uh, the theme of the show was B tier games. New IPs, new developers that we've never heard of, and that was you know similar to summer games fest having the the space theme. That was kind of the theme of this show. It was like, huh? Who? Yeah. Who's making <laughs> yeah. this? You yep. know, <laughs> what game is yep. this? So, uh, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. But and, hey,
3: as the you know wise wise uh, Mick Jagger once said, Nick, you know <laughs> you, you can't you can't always get what you want.
2: John, but I want big announcements. Where are my big I announcements? Know.
3: I know. Sony. Sony will save us.
2: <laughs> All right. Well, that's our breakdown of Gamescom. As John mentioned, hopefully Sony will bring it in their show that's going to be, what is it, September 15th? Is that what your prediction is?
3: <laughs> my, yeah, my, uh, my prediction is September 15th. Uh, I think I've seen the, the going theory on the interwebs is September 8th, but, uh, you know. If, if the last two years are any indication they had September 9th and September 16th, uh, if they follow suit, it's going to be one of the two. So <laughs> fingers crossed, man, because we need it. It
2: would be interesting because uh, there is a Apple event on the 7th. You got yeah. the Disney and Marvel showcase on the ninth and then you have Ubisoft Ford on the tenth. So to slot this in there with all those shows. Yeah. Well that that would be that would be something. That's for
3: sure. That's wide open. That'll be a big week, yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. All right. Well that's our breakdown of Gamescom. Uh, the whole video's out there, so if you want to sit there and see a bunch of unknown games from unknown developers, you know, strap in. <laughs> you know, it's like a, a movie length's worth of game announcements and you know, and but uh,
3: podcast and podcast announcements and car commercials <laughs> yeah. and uh, some other stuff. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> oh, well. <laughs>
2: All right. Well, that's it. Um, next week, we will be back. Bleh. Bleh. I can't talk anymore. This Gamescom has scrambled my brain. Uh, <laughs> we will be back next week. We will actually have played some games. I have been playing Saints Row. And I have some thoughts on multiverses, as I have also tried that out finally. Uh, I know, John, you're going to have some games next week, too. Is that right?
3: Yeah, man. Yeah, I am. I, I get more excited every time I play this game to talk about it, and I'm playing. You know, finally, went into Cyberpunk 2077. Um, mm-hmm. You know, definitely, definitely excited to talk to you about it. As I know how you you love that game, and um, you know, just a teaser for everybody out there. This is one of the most polished polished games I've, I've ever played, and exactly <laughs> what I wish Grand, Grand Theft Auto would be.
2: Polish? Cyberpunk 2077 and polish in the same sentence.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, maybe not from, like, you know, when it comes to, you know, there's going to be little bugs here and there, but just the amount of – I I don't want to say too much, but, like, this game looks so good that I feel bad, like, not – behaving like a person would in real life like when i'm driving a car like i feel bad if i hit somebody like i'm like oh no 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 like it just it looks it looks so good and there's so many so much attention to detail with things and we'll put a pin in it for there right now but yeah it's uh so far so good so far really really good
2: uh, and John, uh, I know you did this yesterday, but I want to hear my apology again.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, to Nick and all character creator uh, aficionados out there, I was wrong, okay? I made mm, I made some claims. Yummy. I said some things. I upset <laughs> uh, some people. Uh, but, you know, I'm not saying, I'm not making a blanket statement that character creators are great, but the cyberpunk one is fucking dope it's really really cool you know they they have a great balance of um you know the amount of customization that you can have while uh, you know not having things like sliders and, and bullshit to just kind of bring you down and not really know what you want to do so mm-hmm. uh, i'll bring i'll bring more of that again next week but yes nick i was wrong I love you hearing it. We're right. This is why I sabotaged the podcast
2: yesterday because I wanted to hear that <laughs> <laughs> apology again. You son of a bitch. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for us. Again, we'll be back next week with six more things in the usual format, and we'll be bringing the games. So, uh, till then, enjoy your weekend, and we will see you next week. Uh, bye, guys. Toodaloo.
1: Fear. I was standing in line with Mr. Jimmy